0: Daniel chapter 6, if you have your Bibles turned to Daniel chapter 6, hope everybody's doing well. Wasn't that great? Man, I love, love me some, some good worship, you know. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6, if you have your Bibles turned there, Daniel chapter 6, I want to begin by asking you to think about your last. Normal day, your last normal day. Some of you are laughing. <laughs> I can't remember when I had a last normal day. <laughs> what is that? What is a normal day? Man, I love I love to see love to see what, man some new faces this morning, and I love to see some people who are back. And um, it's good to have you guys here. This is going to be a great year. Do you believe it? 2020 is going to be a good year. One of the things that we often say is um, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And uh, you have to believe it before you experience it. And so um, I want you to take a minute as you're you're turning to Daniel chapter 6 to think about your last normal day. So if you work, what did you do at the beginning of your last normal day? Okay. just think about it for, for for a minute with me, as we kind of as I introduce the subject today. If you stay at home, uh, you work too. You should get a raise. Amen. That was weak. If you stay at home, you should get a raise. Amen. Okay, that's still, but anyway, whatever. Um, what did you do? What did you do at the beginning of your, your day? The odds are very high that whatever you did on that day was very similar to what you did on the normal day before that. Now let me explain what I'm talking about. So if you if if you usually wake up, like if your alarm wakes you up, more than likely that's what happened the day before that, on your your last normal day. If you wake up with an that alarm, that's probably what happened. Right? If if your kind of your thing is you 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 run to the bathroom, you check social media, you make coffee, that's more than likely what happened. What did you do on your last normal day, what do you do? Like, like on, at the end of the day, what did you do? You know, for some of you, you may get home after a long day of work and you, you watch Netflix. And you guys watch Netflix or Amazon Prime, anything like that? Yep, a little bit, okay? Um, for some of you, maybe the last thing that you do at the end of the day is you look at Facebook, okay? Like, right before you go to, you know, just kind of look at a little bit about Facebook, most of what we normally do, listen to this, most of what we normally do is not a result of our conscious choices. In other words, we if, if we're not careful, we get thrown into this, it's like a snowball effect. We do one thing and then we do another thing and we, we do another thing and before we know it, it's like, how did I end up here? Like, why do I make the decisions that I make? I read a statistic in preparation for the message. It says this. I think it's on the screen. It says 40% of the actions that you take in any given day are not a result of your own decisions. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? About half of the decisions that you will make next week are things that you're just reacting to. Have you ever felt like that? Like, man, the kids, you know, they're bringing their things, and i got to help them and the family, and then work, and you know, your boss throws you a curveball, and then this happens, and then you get sick, and you're, and it seems like if you're not careful, you're just reacting to life, and it's, it's chaotic, and it's, it, I mean, I don't know how your life is, but if your life, if your life is like my life, I like, I run from one thing to the next, and then to the next, and, and then before I know it, I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted, and there are days, no, it doesn't happen every day, but there are days When I just feel like I look at my day, and it's been a 16-hour day. It's not like I haven't done anything, but I look back, and I'm like, what did I do? And I feel empty. Can any of you guys relate to that? I feel like, what happened? I know I worked hard. I know I did a lot of things, but what happened? I'm not really sure that I accomplished anything that I really wanted to accomplish today. I want to begin... Or, I want to talk to you. I want to talk, I want to have a conversation about the subject of uh, being intentional. The art of being intentional. We're in a new series. It's a three week series, so it's week two. New Year, New You. The main thought behind the series is this people who win in the game of life do consistently, everybody say consistently, consistently, what others do occasionally. That's the theme of this series. You'll see it in the passage that we're going to study. In Daniel chapter 6, you'll see it. It's all over the place. People who win in the game of life do consistently what others do occasionally. So if you want to change where you're going in life... If you want to change the direction, if there's something in your life that is not balanced, if there's something in your life that you're like, I'm not really happy about that area, you know, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's relationships, finances, you name it, this, this area of my life, and it's not like you're telling anybody, but you know it, you're, you're uncomfortable with it, you're not satisfied. If there's something in your life where you're not like so sure about, not only do you have to be extremely consistent this year to change it, but you have to be intentional, you have to be laser focused if you're going to change it, if you're going to change the direction. So let me recap real quick in 30 seconds what we looked at last week, in case you were not here last week, and then we'll get into it. Last week, we looked at lots of verses, but there was one verse from the book of Daniel. We, we looked at it briefly, and um, we learned that a lot of times, the reason why we make decisions, well, we actually, actually what well, we fail at some of the decisions, that that some of the goals that we have, it's not that we don't have any goals. That's not the problem. The reason why 92% of our New Year's resolutions will be gone by Valentine's is because we're not consistent. That was kind of the, the, the main thought last week. And if you look around, if you, if you see people who, who maybe you look up to, and you, you see people, man, that guy, like I want to, like that couple, like I can think of people like even in my head right now, and I, and I see them, and it's like, man, I want to be like them. You know, I love. If you see people, people who are spiritually thriving, who are maybe physically fit, or or who are relationally healthy, and you're like, "Man, I want to be with. I want to be like them. That I really like what they're doing." Usually, the common denominator is this: they're consistently doing some things. They have added some disciplines to their lives, and they've been consistent enough, and over a period of time, it it shows. But here's another element that we're going to add to week two of our series, and that is, not only do you need to be consistent, but you need to be intentional, because you can be consistent, you can can have a consistent habit that's really not a good thing, right? You can be consistently bad about something, area of your life that's not leading you in the direction that you want to go. And so today, we're going to talk about this whole idea of the art of being intentional. I'll be Full disclosure this morning, I struggle with being consistent. I struggle with being intentional. I struggle with focusing, having laser focus, like, like this is what I want to do. I'm all over the place. I think I told you a few weeks ago, uh, the place where I work on my message at home, it's right next to the, our, um, our door that leads to, to our backyard. And every once in a while, like, I'll have to, I study from home. Uh, usually, probably like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like full day studying for the message. And um, the reason why I do it is because I can't have any distractions. Okay, so like I'm, I'm so I get distracted so easily, and um, so often I let the puppy out to go to go to, to go potty, and a fly will come in, and I'll be working on my message, you know, and a fly, and I don't see it, but I hear it, you know, and I, you know, and I'm like going on, and, I, you know, and it takes me like five minutes to get back into, like, what was I thinking about, you know, what was I going to tell him, and then zzz, I hear it again, you know, and I'm like, what, I bet, I'm telling you, I feel like, like Satan himself is sending those flies, you know, it is so hard for me to focus, it is so hard for me to be intentional, and I try really hard, but the truth is, I veer off, and there are days when I find myself like you, where like, you look back, and it's like, what did I accomplish, 2020 is a new year, it's a new decade. I believe you have new opportunities. I believe that you have new blessings. With those blessings, there will come new distractions and new challenges. If you want to head in the right direction, whatever that looks like for you, because it's different for all of us, the one thing that I want to challenge you with is how intentional you are with the decisions that you're making from day to day. Okay, so we're in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Give me a strong, I'm ready. Let's do this, Pastor Alex. Encourage me. If you want this to go short, like, you got to give me a little bit of feedback here, okay? Like, if not, we're going to go long because I'm going to think that you're not getting the message. If you're not getting the message, we're all going to suffer. So are you ready to get into God's word this morning? Okay, much better. Man, this is going to be a short one. Um, Verse 1, it pleased Darius. Darius is the king. It pleased Darius the king to appoint 120 satraps. Those are like governors, okay? So there's 120 regions, uh, or think of them as states, areas. You have 120 leaders over those, okay? 120 governors, whatever word you want to to call it. So it it pleased the king to appoint, to find 120 governors, leaders, satraps, to rule throughout the kingdom, Verse 2, with three administrators over them. So he's going to have 120 people leading each one of those regions. He's going to have three over them. The 120 are going to be accountable to the three. Make sense? So with three administrators over them, one of of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Verse 3. Here's our key verse for the day. Now Daniel was so, what's that next word? Distinguished. I want you to think about this for a moment. Daniel was so distinguished, so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his excellent qualities that the king, listen to this, planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now, when you look at the story of Daniel, most people, like if you've been to church for a while, if you went to church when you were a kid and, and, and you think of Daniel, the story that comes to mind is Daniel, like, and the, and the you know, he was thrown into the, the lion's den, right? That's what comes to mind. That's pretty impressive. I mean, like, how is this guy able to keep his conviction? How is he able to have faith, and regardless of his circumstances, all the way up to the point where he's thrown into the lion's den, and he still believes that God, if, if, it's, if God wants to rescue him, He will rescue him, and that's what Daniel is known for. Pretty impressive story. We're going to look a little bit at it, like, about the story today. I encourage you to go back and read, like, read chapters 1 through 6. You're going to, man, it's going to come alive, okay? But you know what I think is also pretty impressive? How Daniel is able to stand out and not just, as a foreigner, not just be over. The whole, like, 120 people, because, like, he made it to, like, he was one of those 120, right? Like, he was capable. He was a high capacity leader. But not only did he make it over that, but he's, like, one of the, like, three of the people that are over all the 120 um, leaders. And then not only that, but if you, did you look at the verse? It says, Daniel so distinguished himself that the king planned to, like, the king's plan, like, what he was thinking about doing was to set him over the whole kingdom. And so in my mind, I'm asking as I'm studying this and as I'm reading, I'm thinking, what did Daniel do to make it there? Because I want God to increase my influence. I want God to promote me. And if you're like me, like you, you don't want to be in the same place you know, that you were five years ago as far as your career. You want to progress. You want to be a good parent. You want to be a good mom. You, wanna, you want God to use you. Right? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I mean, why, why in the world did Daniel stand out? What was he doing? Who was Daniel? I mean, was it, you know, what, like, was he promoted because he had a spirit of excellence? The Bible says that he had a, 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 an excellent spirit. Was it that, that what, everything that he did, he, he did it with excellence? Was that it? Was it that he was just, man, just an incredible leader? Was it that he was relational? I mean, he was just a relational beast. He could talk to anyone. He knew how to, how to talk to people and how to connect and, and all of that. Was, it that. was it that he spent time in prayer and fasting? What was the thing that made him, that, that, that put him over the top? What was the thing that, like, when the, look, when the king looked around, said, you know what, that kid, Daniel, there's something different. About him, There's something that, like, like that, that guy, like there's something interesting about him. I think I'm going to put him over the whole thing. Before I give you the answer, I want you to see what happens to him because it's not easy. Look in verse 4. It says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor, neglect, uh, nor uh, negligent. So I kind of want to put a, like a, I want to hit the, the pause button for a minute just to say this. Anytime God increases your influence, anytime that you're promoted, anytime you get a pay raise, anytime like you, you, you go a little bit further ahead, there will be people who will get jealous, Anytime that you, you feel like, man, I'm, do, I'm winning, I'm doing well, your boss likes you, things are clicking, I promise you this, there will be someone around you who will find weaknesses in your, in your character, there will be people that intentionally or unintentionally will try to bring you down a little bit, tear you down a little bit, they'll find weaknesses with you and they'll say things and it's just a very subtle comment, but anytime God gives you favor, there will be an enemy waiting to attack your character, to come after you. Anytime you're promoted, they're going to be there to trip you up. I promise you that. I guarantee you. And if you've, some of you are going like this because you've experienced it. Okay? There will be people who cannot, they, they don't enjoy your success. Okay? The same thing happened with Daniel. So there's a group of people. They don't like Daniel. They don't like what's going on. And they want to trip him up. And so they look at him. They think, man, this guy, he's so into his God that, like, we can't find anything. He's a man of character. Like, we can't find man of integrity. Like, there's nothing. The only thing that maybe we'll be able to do is something that has to do with his God. Maybe because he's so into his God, that's the only mistake that maybe we could. And so what they do, and we're not going to read the whole passage because of time. And... But what this group of people, what they do is they trick the king into issuing a decree. And they say, for 30 days, we want everybody to pray for you. And I don't know how the conversation went, but the king was tricked into signing this decree. And basically, for 30 days, nobody in the land can pray to anyone else but the king. Are you guys tracking? Everybody good? All right, so for 30 days... King thinks it's fair. He says, okay, he signs the decree, and they put that that, um, law, that decree, in place. If you disobey, you will end up, in the punishment was you're thrown to the lions, okay? And that was a brutal death, okay? Now jump to verse uh, 11. Listen to what happened. Then... These men, the men that were against Daniel, the ones that went to the king and they're saying, hey, we got to do this and that. Right? They went to the king and th- these men, it says, then these men, verse 11, went as a what? As a group. Pay attention to that. Because so when the enemy comes against you, often it comes in more than just one. It comes as a group. There's strength in numbers. That's why we fight the enemy. One of the things that we say is life is better than together. So in about a week or two, we're going to have 12 life groups. There's opportunity to get plugged into a life group. If you're not in a life group, I want to encourage you. Don't do life alone. Things may be great right now, but when things, when the enemy hits, you're going to need a support group. Whether you come to life one or not, I want you to get my heart, okay? I'm not trying to preach something because I think it's going to benefit the church. I want something that's going to help you. I want you to listen to me. I, I, I texted a friend of mine. Uh, she's in, um, uh, she lives in Florida, and she's been struggling a little bit with alcohol. And she said, it's been seven days, and I celebrated with her. I'm so proud of you. Man, keep going. Follow-up question, do you have a support group? No. I said, you're going to need one. And I recommended her a couple of churches. And so if you're not a part of a life group, I want to I encourage you. Don't do life alone because the enemy hits from different angles. And when you're down, there will be people around you where you won't be able to, to stand. There will be people around you and they'll be able to hold you up and they'll be able to pray for you. And they will go the distance. And we're trying to create a culture. We're trying to create a church where like, if, if, if you're not here on Sundays... It's okay. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to point fingers at you because we love you. And it may take time. It may take a month for you. Maybe you may be dealing with hurt. You may be dealing with a physical situation. You may be dealing with stress. And you're like, I'm not ready. And we know that. And we know how the enemy wants to isolate you. But I promise you, there will be people, if you're in a life group, who will give you a call. And sometimes you won't even take, there will, be, there will be times that you will get the call and, and you don't even have the strength to answer back and to reply back. And it's okay. Because there are times when you need the church of Christ, not religion, not the, not the physical building. You need the us to come through for you and to love on you and to be there regardless of whether you come to church on Sunday morning or not. Regardless of whether you're tithing or not. Regardless of whether you're checking off the, the boxes. And so I want to challenge you. The enemy, when he comes, he comes in, in strength. They're coming as a group. Daniel is, what's he doing? He's praying. He's not creating any chaos. He's just praying. Remember Jesus? Right before the cross? How'd they come to get him? In a group. I have the verses, it's not, they're not on the screen, but if you want the reference, Matthew 27, verse 47, and verse 55. Says, while well, he was speaking while Jesus was speaking, Judas comes. They arrived with a large crowd armed with swords and clubs. Jesus comes back at them and he says, Am I leading a rebellion? That you come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you didn't arrest me. You know, I, I can't just, just picture in that whole thing from, from like Jesus' point of view, like with the power that he has. I mean, he could have gone, oh, And just obliterate everybody, you know? it's just to me, we serve a God. He's so good, so gracious. And he looks at them and he's like, what? But they're coming as a group. They're coming against Daniel to intimidate him. They're coming to trip him up. But what was the difference maker? What set him apart what, why was, so, the Bible says he was see, so distinguished himself. Why did he, like, what was the, here's, here it is. It's is my humble opinion. Nothing earth shattering, but I think if you can practice this, it'll make a big difference in your life. He was consistent and he was intentional. Chapter one, his diet. Remember? He had a specific—that's what we call it—the Daniel fast. You can look into it if you like. He had a specific diet. Everybody else was eating everything else. He said, "I'm going to be intentional about my diet." Chapter two—you have to—you got to read it on your own. We don't have time to go over it. The the, day—the the—the way he dealt with the king—oh my goodness! There's so much. You got to read it on your own. He was intentional when he talked to the king. The way he talked—you read chapters three through six. The way his faith was intentional. He didn't let the majority of the group deter him. He didn't let what everybody, what was common, what was popular. He didn't let what everybody else was doing, like, send him in a different direction. His decisions were not a reaction of everything that was thrown at him. Verse 13, look at it. It says, then they said to the king. So these same people, they go, they go back to the king. They say, Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah. They're trying to throw as much dirt on him as, 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 he, as, as they can. You know, he's a foreigner. You know, he doesn't even care about you. He says, in fact, he says, he pays no attention to you. Your majesty, right? And you can see how fake these people are. He doesn't care about you. That's totally false. And you know, what, you know doesn't care about the decree that you put in writing, and then here it is. He still prays three times a day. And at this point, as I'm reading this, I'm preparing for the message, I'm thinking, man, he was so laser-focused. He was, he could have stopped. Like, if I would have been Daniel, can I be honest with you? I'd be like, oh, 30 days, not that big of a deal, right? I'll pray, Lord, you know I love you. I'll pray silently, you know, just for 30 days. My life is on the line. I can do so much more for you if I'm alive. But if I'm dead, not really sure that I can serve you up, you know, like, what do you want me here for, like, a few days? You know, like the next 30 days, or you want me here for a long time, right? And I can, do you do that, or is, am I the only one that does that? Like I reason with God, right? And I always win, right? I never win. I always go the wrong way, and then God's like, okay, let me bring you back, okay? And I'm like, yes, you're right. He was unmovable. He had a, a purpose in his heart to pray. He was focused. He was, he was not going to allow distri- distractions to run his life Three times he got down on his knees and prayed. He gave thanks to God. Not once, not twice, three times a day. Not when it was convenient. Not when it was easy. Not when he had just finished watching every single episode on Amazon Prime. Not when, not, you know, like, no when nobody's watching so that I can get away with praying. No, no, no. Every single day he stopped He sought the Lord, he listened to God's voice, he brought his burdens before God, he let God direct his steps three times a day. I want to be like Daniel. I want to have that, I want to be so intentional, so laser focused, so consistent in my walk with the Lord that nothing pulls me away from him. And it's hard, for me it's hard. Nobody just stumbles into intimacy with God. You know that? Nobody just nobody is like doo 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 you know and you're like just going about your day and it's like you know ah life is good whoop i just grew i just got closer to god no 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 it doesn't happen like that you have to be you have to put some some effort into it you have to that's what we're doing the fast right the fast is not because it's easier but it's because it's better so if, if, if social media is like out of hand and you know it and you're looking at Facebook three hours a day, well, why don't you take a drastic, make a drastic decision? You know what? I'm going to cut this out in my life. It's not like it's a sin or anything. It's just not good for me right now. And I'm just going to try to start some new disciplines. And then slowly but surely, you bring those, back, those things back into your, you know, for some people, it's sugar. For some people, it, I mentioned coffee. I'm not going to do that again. But um, for some people, it could be the news. so for some people, it could be whatever. And you say, you know what? I'm going to begin the year with some new disciplines. And hopefully, you're not just, you know, it's not a diet. So make sure that you're not just, you know, the purpose, if you're going to focus on food, is to replace that with God's word. Is to get more of God in your heart and to let the hunger sometimes be a reminder that, God, I, I want to get closer to you. I can't do this on my own. So nobody stumbles into intimacy with God just like from one day to the next. It's like, you know, nobody accidentally becomes full of spiritual strength from one day to the next. It just doesn't happen. Nobody goes from one day and is like, man, I am full of power. I am full of the Holy Spirit's power. I am full of faith. I am ready to go. No, it is a process. And here's my encouragement to you. Add one little discipline at a time. Let me give you two two thoughts, two ideas on how you can be intentional. Okay, You can write this down. Number one, begin with who? Begin with who? Often we say like, oh, what, what do I need to do? Right, media. Like you want to get closer to God, you want to be more intentional, and it's like, okay, what do I do? Right, that's the media. Don't begin. Start with who, Lord. Who do you want me to be In, in 2020? Who, like, what? What's my character need to look like? Who do you want me to be in 2020? God, what are you calling me? Who are you calling me to be? A godly parent. A bold witness, a person who's healthy. God, what are, you, are you trying to get, help me be clean and sober? Lord, who do you want me to be? It's a great question. It's, 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 it's got to be the first thing you say. Who do you want to be? Number two, make it easy. Make it easy. Often, we set up these goals that are not sustainable. They're, not, they're extremely hard to achieve. And we are pushing ourselves to a limit that's not, it's not human-like. Okay? And so make it easy. Give yourself a little bit of room. So let's say that you want to be someone who cares. Well, write a take one note of appreciation and write a, write a thank you note to someone once a week. Okay, that's easy. I can handle that. I can do that. I want to be um, someone who, just a, a, a godly example to my kids, my teenagers. Well, you know, you may not be able to do an hour devotional every morning with them, but you may be able to download the Bible app and share it with them. They all have cell phones, so, you know, why not share and then just kind of talk that way? Make it easy. Make it, make it doable. Uh, you may want to be someone who is focused. You want to be more focused. Um, write down your top priorities and look at them every day. Put them on your phone. Set yourself a reminder. So you're constantly looking at those things. You want to be healthier. Well, maybe rather than drinking 10 Mountain Dews a day, anybody like that in the room? No. Um, maybe you can drink nine. No, that's not good for you. Don't do that. But you get, the, you get the drift, right? You know, Do 10 push-ups a day. You want to be healthier? Can't do 10 push-ups. Do, do five. Can't do five. Do one. Can't do... Just get your knees on the ground, you know? Like do something, <laughs> right? Make it easy. Make it easy. Yeah, man, pastor, I would love to pray with my spouse. I just, prayer is just so intimate. And, you know, I just can't, you know, I just can't pray. It's just, you want to pray with your spouse? Is what you do. <laughs> hold her hand, hold his hand, and tell God one thing you're thankful for. That's how I taught my kids to pray. One thing. Hold her hand. Lord, thank you so much for the roof over her head. That's how you begin. Lord, thank you so much. We didn't kill the kids today. <laughs> you know? Make it easy. You know, some of you, you're, you, you're setting up yourself for, for failure. Like, I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. Great. Fantastic. If you don't have that discipline in your life, what I encourage you to do is to begin to be start small. So if you've never read the Bible and you want to read the whole Bible in one year, I would encourage you to read one verse a day. Make it your goal this year, you're going to read the Bible one verse a day. After 27 days, you may have the appetite to read two verses a day. And then so, so forth. Does that make sense? All right, let's finish the story and then we'll, we'll head home. Um, so verse 16, jump to verse 16. We're going to start with who, we're going to make it easy. Two simple ideas that you can take home and you can apply them tomorrow. Verse 16, uh, the king is having a hard time. This king loves Daniel, okay? So the people, they see that Daniel is breaking the law, they come back to him, and, you know, like things are, you know, the king is not enjoying this, okay? But all of these governors are putting him in a a political straitjacket, and he has no options, okay? The king doesn't have the the guts to go against those people. Verse 16, so it says, The king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve... What's the next word? Continually. There's your word. Somebody noticed. Somebody noticed. I wonder if that's why he arose to that position of, of leadership. If the Daniel, the, the king comes to Daniel and says, "You know, like may, may your God, whom you serve, continually, continuously rescue you, because he has, doesn't have the guts to, to say anything else." And so he's saying, "May may he help you." Verse seventeen. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring. Kind of kind of paraphrase the story a little bit. The king goes, goes home. He can't sleep all night long, wakes up early in the morning, and he's trying to figure out if Daniel makes it. Verse 20, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel, of course, we know the story, right? He says, may the king live forever. God tells the story. God sent his angel and, uh, and so forth. want to jump to the end. Read the story on your own whenever you get a chance. Verse 26. Listen to this. The king says this. He says, I issue a decree that every part in my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Watch this. Daniel did something he wasn't preaching the gospel, right? Like he wasn't, like, like he wasn't, like, you know, trying to throw the Bible down so people throw. He lived his life with integrity. He was consistent. He was intentional. So he had a particular diet. When everybody was was going against that diet, he said, "Nope, I have some convictions. I believe my men. If we eat what I, we've been eating, I believe that that God will bless us. If He wants to bless us, whether He does or not, I don't know. But what, regardless, this is what I believe we should do." Right? I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray three times a day. Not because everybody else should be doing that, but because that's what God's called me to do. And when everybody, when the world comes against me, I'm gonna do what I've done for years. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna stop three times a day and I'm gonna pray. And so Daniel did something, and when the time came, God delivered him. And the king sees what happens and look at what he says. He says, I'm issuing a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of what? Of Daniel. Why? Because he rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Look at the last verse. So Daniel prospered. It's so easy to read the Bible and kind of just flip through it. Oh, yeah, he prospered. Great. There's a lot of sacrifice behind that. You know that? That wasn't like, oh, so he prospered. Oh, he got a promotion. Woo-hoo. No, 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 no. This was years of being consistent. This was years of him failing. This was years of him not getting it right. This was years of him coming before God and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I screwed up again. This was years of him, and we call it the Daniel fast, right? I'm sure that he he messed up just because his name is attached to the diet. The the fast doesn't mean that that he got it right every time. But when it mattered most, God says, you know what? I'm I'm gonna deliver you Because I want people to see the kind of God who I am. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the person. When the world around you is spinning. When you're thrown into every possible distraction known to mankind. When the crowd is yelling and telling you no. When you feel like a salmon just... I could just go in against the direction of everybody. When your boss is like this king and he has no guts, he has no integrity, he's double-minded, may you continually live your life intentionally. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I have three questions. You don't need to raise your hand. Three questions. And I want you to... It's a time of self-reflection, okay? If you want to take your phone out and take some notes, it would be a good time to do that. Three questions. Who is God calling you to be in 2020? Who's God calling you to be? I don't even want to give you any examples because I feel like God, the Holy Spirit needs to tell you. Who's God calling you to be? In light of your circumstances, in light of the struggles and the challenges, the stress of life, who's God calling you to be, Two more questions. What is God asking you to start? And you need to be intentional and you need to be obedient. Again, I don't want to give you any ideas because I don't want this to come from me. I want it to be from the Lord. What is God asking you to start? And the, th- the third question is similar but in a different way. What is God asking you to stop? Great leaders have to-do list of things that they're going to stop. And they do them in time because you can't just drop everything from one day to the next. But great leaders, when I, when I study leadership and I learn about people of influence, people who lead in high capacity, I've always learned that they have a to-do list of the things that they're going to get rid of. It's a new year. There's some things that you need to stop It may take you a month to make the transition, but you need to be intentional. Don't live your life. Don't let other people run your life. You know, it's crazy. You can't do it. You cannot please everybody. God doesn't expect you to please everybody. 15 seconds is just your your time, self reflection. Who is God calling you to be? What is God asking you to start? What is God asking you to stop? God, give us some ideas. God, speak to us intimately. Individually. Lead us, God. May we not succumb to the temptation and the stress of our world. Help us to be like Daniel. Thank you for the example that you've given us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do stand as we worship.